It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. It is a full game week and we are ready to roll. Support of your Locked On SEC Football Podcast comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below. Grooming, we've seen them on Shark Tank, Precision Engineered Tools, 20% free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. It's 20% off manscaped.com with the code locked on. We got games rolling and they start Thursday. We're going to preview every game before the end of the week with Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Check out LandryFootball.com to learn more about pro, college, and even recruiting. Let's start with uh, Texas State and Texas A&M as I'm interested to see uh, kind of the evolution of the Aggies offense with uh, another year with Jimbo Fisher, another year with Kellen Mond. What do you expect to see in year two? Well, I, you know, the, I think the Kellen Mond has gotten better and better as the season went along last year. So I want to see the continued development of the passing game, but uh, the the running game, the establishment, the toughness, the play at the line of scrimmage was was I thought um, ahead of schedule in terms of his in terms of their development last year. I thought they became a much tougher team at the line of scrimmage, uh, and obviously they've got um, Clemson coming up, they've got Auburn coming up. So this game against Texas State is going to be interesting to see, you know. Uh, when you when you play games like this, uh, you've got to challenge yourself a little bit uh, from a technique and an assignment standpoint uh, to do a really good job. So I think that that's that's really interesting to watch and what I'm looking forward to on Thursday night to see a little bit of their focus, a little bit of their intensity, um, attention to detail. They lose a lot of guys on the defensive line. Um, so I want to take a look at on that side of the ball. There are a lot of young guys. How many young guys they're going to play, um, maybe get some snaps for. Um, the secondary is has um, got a lot of talent. It's got some upside there. Um, you know, it's not going to be an issue of um, Texas State giving them a lot of resistance, but it's it's going to be a real challenge, I think, to, to get the team to play with a lot of uh, attention to detail and timing. Those are the things I think you work on on a guy like this. I think for, for Mon, you want to see him take the next step um, as a passer, more consistency, um, see the receivers step up and some new guys there. It's going to be a really good uh, group of receivers, uh, seeing them get off to a good start, seeing their ability to, to progress as route runners. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch as well. You know, games like this, Dave, are it, it's not so much, um, hey, boy, exciting and how close and all that. It, it'll be a decisive win. The issue is to kind of see how they do it. And, um, you know, we talked uh, obviously uh, on Monday about, you know, Florida and Miami and it's a little different type of game and uh, how the teams looked and where they've got to go from there. Uh, everyone's going to be doing that after week one. And there's such a, a huge um, uh, gap of improvement that usually goes from week one to week two. But you usually get a good feel for in a good litmus test for kind of where you are, 
as a team, as a position unit. Um, and I think this week uh, is going to be an interesting one is the Texas State um, doesn't have much of an offense at this point. Um, they've got a passing game that's uh, a, a solid but not really uh, challenging to the defense. Um, I think that the defense is a decent unit, meaning I don't think it's it's going to get completely run over but it's not going to have enough resistance to hold up at the line of scrimmage. So I think it's going to be an opportunity for A&M um, to kind of work all aspects of this game. Um, but I'm looking particularly at the line of scrimmage and looking at the play of the quarterback um, to kind of see how they develop before they have to go in and uh, you know, take a swing at uh, Clemson. 33-and-a-half-point favorite for the Aggies. Um, Kentucky also – a favorite as they will host Toledo at noon on Saturday, but that's just about 11 and a half. So certainly uh, there are a lot of questions at Kentucky, seven starters on both sides of the ball, Josh Allen, Benny Snell, we're replacing those guys. What will we learn early on this season about Mark Stoops ability to replace some really almost generational uh, players and uh, some depth on both sides of the ball? Well, you know, Kentucky's the type of program that it just it's not next man up for them. It, it, it they don't turn around and say, "Well, here's the next Benny." They've got to develop that the next Benny Snell and Josh Allen, and the difficulty of finding a guy that's as productive as those guys. It's going to be really, really challenging. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a little bit different looking team. Um, offensively, they're going to rely more on Terry Wilson. Um, to kind of lead him the quarterback position. Can he give him a little bit more in the passing game? Um, Toledo's not a bad team at all. I mean, they're, they're a decent team. Um, they, they're good enough to compete at the top of the Mac this year. Um, so when I look at them, what is the offense going to look like? Uh, the, most of the top receivers are gone. In addition to Benny Snell, the passing game was last in the league in yards per completion last year and um, 12th in the league in yards and scoring. That's a, you know, without Benny Snell now, and now the passing game has to be appreciably better. This is the difference, you know? Um, so, you know, I think that uh, three starters are going up front. So now there's a lot of things that need to be replaced. So I think it's a, it's a, a big year for kind of the statement of their program. Last year was a special year. Uh, I think that the goal for a program like this is to be consistently going to bowl games, which I think they can do again this year. And then maybe, uh, I don't want to call it lightning in a bottle, but you may get every few years. If a, the schedule sinks in, right. And you have a guy like a, you know, uh, similar to what you got with Josh Allen and Benny Chanel, uh, every maybe fourth year or so you can, fifth year, you can have a season that's uh, what is called a little bit special. But to do what Kentucky did last year um, is not going to happen on a regular basis in Lexington for football. It's just not. Uh, it's going to be what I'm looking for in this game is – Toledo has got a really good group of tight ends in a, in a pretty good backfield. Uh, it's probably the best in the MAC. Um, the offense averaged about 40 points per game last year, and 
I'm curious to see how that defense responds. Now, that's been kind of the standard for what Kentucky's been able to do uh, in recent years is their defense has stepped up. They've really been good, sound, gap control, defend the run. So this will be a nice little test for them. I mean, this is comparatively speaking to say A&M uh, and what they've got as an opponent Toledo's going to be a little bit more more physical and very, very capable. So uh, the Toledo defense, not very good. So it's going to not be as challenging for Kentucky's offense to see what they can do. Um, they got a number of guys that um, have moved on. The, the offensive line's not bad for Toledo, um, but we've got to really see you know, what Terry Wilson can do, and maybe it's a game where he can get a little bit comfortable in the passing game. So... Um, they last year, I know Toledo was a very mistake prone team, a lot of penalties cost them a lot. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if that is cleaned up on from their standpoint, because that can make a game like that, like this go really lopsided and maybe uh, a little bit the fool's goal in terms of how you evaluate your team. If a team is making a whole lot of mistakes, um, it's just not going to be the type of team it was last year for Kentucky, but it's still going to be the team that can get off to a good start, play pretty well, uh, be consistent, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I think that uh, maybe pulling a, a, an upset and surprises like against Florida, not as likely, but I think that you're going to see a good productive season and a bold type season for Kentucky again this year. And this is a good start to get a win. Obviously that's one they have to have, um, but one in which they can build on in kind of a different look of a type of offense. And in some ways, a lot of defense without nearly the type of pass rush. Coming up, it'll be a preview of Ole Miss Memphis, uh, Mississippi State, and the Raging Cajuns. So stay tuned more after this. Previewing every game when you're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast, a noon kickoff for Ole Miss and Memphis. And Memphis actually a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think for the the backstory, uh, give me the X's and O's breakdown, but people need to realize that uh, these two teams battle quite a bit for – uh, prospects in the Memphis area. Ole Miss traditionally wins those that they really want to win, but with Memphis's ascension lately, and if they're able to get the win here, suddenly they're not so much little brother anymore. Well, this is just a tough matchup. This uh, they obviously they're very very close in proximity. A lot of a lot of the uh, Ole Miss uh, fan base and alumni base right there in Memphis. Um, Memphis is a upper tier team in their league, really good offensively. Um, and so they can, you know, get good players in that area. Um, it, it's, you know, to me, 
getting a chance to play in the SEC, it's always they'll get that advantage. But it is a program that is very capable and, uh, you know, gives right now Ole Miss, which is a different-looking team and a rebuilding type of team, uh, is going to give them um, a lot of resistance in, in this game. I know that uh, Memphis beat Ole Miss in, I think, 2015. Um, it, it's If you look at it, Ole Miss is 7-1 and one in the last eight games. So it's, it's always challenging, but it, it is not – the type of rivalry that maybe people might think it's more Memphis oriented. And, and again, Ole Miss has had the better of it, but they, um, they're the, the sanctions and need to win, you know, or over get this win. And, uh, you got to get the ball rolling a little bit. You got Arkansas next week. Um, I think this is probably a game that Ole Miss needs to win. If they're going to go bowling, I think these first two weeks, are the best chances of them getting wins and the wins are going to be tough to find on the schedule this year. Um, Memphis is, you know, it, it, this is the only game against a power five program. So it means a whole lot. Um, I think Ole Miss, even though they lose Jordan Tamu, Metcalf, Brown and Lodge, uh, they, I think, will be very effective on offense. Scotty Phillips um, is a guy I think they're going to rely on a lot, established a ground game. I think they'll be able to move the football and move it well against Memphis. I think that uh, Memphis's secondary is not good enough to slow down this type of a passing attack. I'm curious to see more than anything which Rich Rodriguez is going to do with this offense, what it's going to look like, uh, what type of tempo, the run game. Um, those are the things that of, of most interest to me in the strategic part of it. Um, I think that they can throw the football on Memphis. How effective will Ole Miss be throwing the football this year uh, is something else. Ole Miss, on the other side, defensively, just not very good. Uh, they do not have good personnel. They finished last in the SEC in total and scoring defense. They didn't defend the run very well. Um, They didn't do a good job against the pass. Um, Got no pass rush. And I think Memphis is going to score. And uh, I think this is going to be a shootout type of game. Uh, Ole Miss has got some experience coming back on the defensive side. So we'll see what Mike McIntyre can do. Uh, Is it – from a schematic standpoint, an opportunity to get guys in better position. I thought they did a poor job leveraging the run last year. Um, I think that they can improve improve in some areas on the defensive side. So maybe getting off the field a little bit more is uh, is possible for this defense. Uh, the offensive line uh, loses three guys. Uh, that was a big factor for them. So, look, I think this is going to be a fun game offensively, it's going to make you pull your hair out uh, if you're the defensive coordinators in this game. Uh, but listen, I think it's a shootout, and, and I think Memphis has got a great chance to win it. Who can get off the field a couple of times on defense? Maybe who can force a couple of turnovers, um, be drive killers? Um, you know, that that's probably going to be the key in this game. So of all the games where I think 
uh, an SEC team, and we're going to get to obviously break down here in the next couple of days of of every game where there's um, a threat to lose. Uh, I think this is maybe the um, the the biggest threat um, for an SEC team to lose. Obviously, we've got a couple of matchups. I'm thinking uh, Georgia Vanderbilt's a, an SEC game, um, uh, but I you know I think that uh, that that the Ole Miss has probably got the best chance of losing of an SEC team uh, of any uh, in the first week of matchup, even a little more so than Auburn, Oregon. It's a little bit of peek ahead to the, the breakdown of that game coming up that we're going to get a little later in the week. But uh, this is a real tough game and kind of a must win if Ole Miss is going to have a productive season and maybe make a bowl game. And without it, there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, to, to do some things differently on the coaching staff and maybe make a change. So I think it's a huge game for Ole Miss. Another noon start with another Mississippi school. So Mississippi state versus the uh, Louisiana raging Cajuns state about a 20 point favorite. And I think we're interested to see new quarterback situation and, uh, and maybe a more humble Joe Moorhead than he was, uh, last year, heading into the season, probably realizes the challenges that you face in the SEC West. What do you expect out of this game? Well, I'm, I think, you know, um, uh, ULL, Louisiana Lafayette, I still call them that. Uh, I still uh, <laughs> don't want to call them USL, you know, uh, back in the old days. Um, they're not very good. And, uh, you know, I think Mississippi State gets this one and gets this one pretty easy. I mean, I think it's a decisive win, first of all. But what I'm looking for here is a Mississippi State defense that they lose a lot of guys, but I still think they can be a pretty good defense. Um, and certainly not going to be a, a, a big factor in this game, uh, although um, the Cajuns have got a couple of good backs, and Elijah Mitchell in particular. Um, so there'll be a little bit of a challenge in the run defense, but, but, you know, I think the defense will be pretty good. The key is it may not be as good as last year. So the offense is going to have to be much improved. And that's the key. That's Joel Moorhead's baby. Um, in this game, it's going to be a lot of Kylan Hill, the running game uh, against an undersized and ineffective defensive front. I think they'll have success. As they go throughout this season and into this game, I want to see where they go with the passing game. Um, it's one of the worst run defenses in all of college football that, that the Cajuns have. So I think it's going to be focused a lot on the run. But how much they work the passing game in and develop going forward is going to be key. Uh, so we'll see what they can do. It's Tommy Stevens' ball. Keaton Thompson has said, I'm taking my ball and going home. So... Um, can they get enough done uh, defensively, the Cajuns, to kind of cause some problems in the passing game? I don't think so. Um, I think it'll be successful and a confidence builder for the passing game. We'll see from there how it develops. Um, I think it's going to be a blowout game, but I'm curious to see with this state team is what can they look like offensively for years? Obviously, under Dan, they had a different style offense that was built around um, some zone read stuff and some RPO stuff coming off of that. Uh, they want to do a little bit different looking style of passing game. 
And obviously he's very confident that Tommy Stevens can run it. So I want to start to see a little bit of that this week and as they before they get um, headed towards the conference schedule. So big win for the Bulldogs, but it's how they do it is what I'm looking for to, to see exactly what this team could be. Got suspensions at Alabama and Tennessee received some really good news from the NCAA. Uh, we'll have more on both of those topics right after this. You're locked on the SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Suspensions at Alabama. Something you don't want to start the season, but if you want to look at it from the other perspective, maybe it's better to get those out of the way if you're going to have off-field issues. Well, you know, a few guys apparently missed a, uh, a team uh, function. So uh, you got um, Terrell Lewis, the linebacker, suspended. Devontae Smith, the national championship fame a couple of years ago. Um, you got uh, Brian Robinson. <laughs> you got Najee Harris. They're all going to miss the first half of the game against Duke. So maybe this game may be a little interesting in the first half of <laughs> A bit more than we thought, but, uh, yeah, so they're sitting a few guys down. Um, I, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. We're going to get into that game a little further and see what Duke can do, but, uh, uh, yeah, putting you the foot down and, um, some of the, uh, some of the issues, obviously somebody, uh, got some time wrong or, or what have you to have that many guys miss a, a, um, a team function. So that's, uh, that's the, the, the news coming out of Tuscaloosa as they prepare for Duke. Um, and what, uh, obviously going to be a lopsided affair, but, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do as we, we break down that game, uh, coming up, um, kind of to, to see what this running game is going to look like, what this offensive line play is going to look like. Um, but certainly, uh, Nick is trying to make sure that the focus is there and, um, the certainly suspension, suspending as many guys tells you, uh, what he thinks about it. You wonder a little bit if, if, if it's a tougher opponent, if you make them run a little bit more in this case, but uh, in this case, they went ahead and said that you're suspended for a half. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. Aubrey Solomon, Defensive lineman deemed eligible by the NCAA. That's just huge for Tennessee, who has so many holes on that defensive front. Yeah, look, I don't know what took so long. But, uh, that's another story altogether. But um, uh, a big, big, uh, you know, get for them and or a big positive to have him ready to go. Now, the issue is you're talking about somebody that, you, you know, he's going to have to have an impact. Um but to get them to play and to get them to be a part of it right now, it's just a, a depth issue. He didn't play a whole lot at Michigan last year, had some, uh, some health issues. Uh, we'll see getting him integrated and, and ready to go. As you mentioned, they are not very deep along the offensive and defensive lines. You know, I had a couple of people, um, you know, in, in a couple of my 
you know, platforms this week, you know, Tennessee, you know, fans saying, man, you know, South Florida, man, we can beat that team and all that. And I'm saying, you know what, you're, you're not as good as Miami at the line of scrimmage right now. And, uh, you got a ways to go and, you know, we're going to have to see this team at, uh, in Knoxville, uh, get a little bit, uh, a little stouter at the point of attack as the season goes along. Uh, and adding having a guy like Aubrey um, eligible is going to be pivotal. So we'll see how how much better this team could get because I think they've got some skill and improved play on the offensive and defensive lines. The key to the future of that program, um, how many wins they are this year versus what they could potentially be next year, is going to be directly correlated to their line play on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's 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 a big get. You like him as a player as we as we close out the podcast. Yeah, I do, I do. Again, I thought his development was retarded a little bit last year with the the injury uh, issues at Michigan. Uh, just you know, again to give you an idea, just didn't have um, a lot of options there. They're just uh, quite a bit better there at, at Michigan, and so the opportunity to come in and compete, it's a good one. So it's a good get for for uh, Tennessee. I don't know how consistent and productive a player he'll be, but I think he's from, from a talent standpoint, a little bit better and definitely an upgrade, uh, at, at this stage gives them some depth, but hopefully a guy that they can work into the rotation as the season goes along. Uh, that is your locked on sec football podcast. We preview, uh, every single game before the big opener. I know Florida was last week, but before the opening weekend, in week one on Saturday. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.